Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. Coach Chris Gray joins us today. He is the head strength and conditioning coach at Hobart and William Smith Colleges. Uh, we'll kind of get into where that's located and, and why he's there. He's kind of going back to roots, it sounds like. Chris received his bachelor's degree in physical education and his master's of education in health and physical education from Ithaca College. And um, as, as you know, I think education is very important and, and kind of the, the degree and the landscape of of where Chris came from will kind of uh, define the rest of the podcast. But Chris, thanks for joining us today, Coach. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here, and uh, hopefully, I can add a little value to you and, and everybody else listening. Absolutely, I hope so too. I think I think you'll be able to, <laughs> big time. So, the first thing um, I want to kind of get into is your path as a strength and conditioning coach. I think sharing a person's story is one of the biggest things that helps most people. So give us kind of the background of what got you into strength and conditioning and, and what took you to where you are now. So, okay, that's, that can be long-winded short. I'm going to talk <laughs> 500 words or less here. Okay, try. Go for it. To give you a good idea. I mean, so I went to school for health and phys ed. You said, long story short, in New York State at the time, um, where I was graduated from Ithaca, there were very little to no jobs in those two fields for phys ed health ed. And I had played college football at Ithaca, I loved every minute of it. And I said, you know what, rather than jumping out right now, I'm going to stay for my master's for one year and I'm going to get a master's in phys ed, health ed, do the deal and see if I can't find something in a, in a year. Well, long and short of it, nothing there in a year. And I had an opportunity to basically make, I think it was like below minimum wage. I think it was 14,000 bucks to be a, a part-time assistant at Hartwood College in Oneonta, New York. So for the next nine months, I, I was all amped up because it, it was a job. But next to nothing, I was a football coach and a strength and conditioning coach for 14 grand. And it, it catches up really quick when you have student loans and everything else. Mm-hmm. And you're sleeping on floors and it's not the life of luxury people would imagine. And very fortunate, one of the gentlemen I had played for at Ithaca got a a head job at Misericordia University Division Three School in Wilkes-Barre, PA. Went down there with him to be a head strength coach and a, and a football coach. Did that for four and a half years. It was awesome. And that honestly really gave me a huge step ahead as far as coaching people and, and creative problem solving, which I think a lot of this field is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I spent two, two to three years of all my vacation time at Misericordia that I had accrued to work for free at Villanova University and help get me in the door at Villanova. So what I did is I basically traded free work for a place on the floor of um, the head strength coach at the time, Jake Cox, who's now down at Baylor. He said, you're more than welcome to come stay on my floor if you work work your tail off for me and I use vacation days to do so. And that helped break the ranks. And from Villanova, I ended up going to the University of Cincinnati uh, for two years. Nice. Yeah. Worked football with, uh, 
with Coach Tuberville and uh, women's soccer, tennis, cross country, some other odds and end sports, and um, had the opportunity to go to a private sector company for two years, and they outsourced trained coaches and had to spend some time with the Cincinnati Bengals and local high schools for the last two years before taking a job here close to home and and diving into a little bit more of my my true love of the college sector. That's awesome. The, the, it was funny because when I first reached out to you, everybody were like, yeah, let's do this. And then like the week later or yeah. less than, I think it was less than a week later, like a couple yeah. of days later, you're like, hey, by the way, <laughs> I'm yeah. taking off. I'm not going to be in Cincinnati anymore. So, but, uh, but no, that was awesome. It's, it's such a cool story. And you kind of, like you said, going back to roots, but putting in the work ethic, it's, it, if there's one, one thing that's consistent about all coaches that um, I've, I've talked to is like the work ethic behind what they want to accomplish, even yeah. if you don't have a clear vision for it, you know, like, did you know when you, when you first started out that you'd eventually come back to where you are, like the work ethic that you've put into it, obviously all comes out in the end, you know, and then it, it transfers over to, um, to your athletes and the people that you work with. And so it's just the effort, the effort yeah. and, and what goes into being a strength coach is, is not like any other thing. And you said it best. And honestly, that's why I chose you in this field. And, and that's going back to the long tangent of your first question. The answer is this, the weight room, regardless if you're training for shows, performance or overall health is the great equalizer in the sense of this, you put in what you get out. Yeah. You are great at handling adversity in life. You'll be great at handling in the weight room. Right. Shy away from adversity there. You're probably going to shy away from it other places. It is one of the last true, in my mind, remaining places, for the most part, devoid of cell phone use. And I know that's changing a little bit now with everybody wants to be on Instagram and all this. But in the truest sense, it's a place to continue to have that interpersonal communication, build that relationship with somebody. And that's the genuine nature of who I am. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to see how you handle adversity. And I want to push you to a place where you couldn't get to alone. And and I'll I'll dive into that later. It's about the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. And everything that I think when people think about being a strength coach and then being an athlete and they don't really, they say, okay, so an athlete goes to the weight room, they work out only because of their sport. You can tell a lot about a person in the weight room and how they handle themselves on the outside also. Like if they're a hard, hard worker in the weight room, more than likely they're a hard, hard worker the rest of their life. No doubt. You know, some of that might transfer, you know, back and forth. But if you've got somebody who's, who you know is, is not giving it their all in the weight room, you know how, how they're handling other things in, in their life. And maybe, and maybe that's because, you know, some things in their personal life maybe aren't, aren't tip top, but, and that can, there's a little bit of transfer back and forth. But if you're spending a lot of time in the weight room with people and you, you notice their work ethic, then you know you can you can get a good sense of their their overall personality. But so one of the first things that we talked about when we hopped on the phone, and I um, again this is like an overarching theme of coaches in general, whether you're in the the private sector, college, pro, is um, is creating buy-in, right? And that, and it's a and it's a weird thing because especially if you're on the the personal the private sector like I am, when somebody says buy-in they automatically think well it, it sounds like you know you're selling snake oil to somebody like you're trying to trick somebody but that's not it at all you need you have to have buy-in no matter what side uh, of the the field you're in so what is buy-in to you the the best way i have i have summarized it over the 10 years i've been i've been doing this it's show them that you care before that you show them how much you know 
people need to understand and have that element of that relationship we just talked about and that connection. Mm-hmm. But if they know that you care about them, then they will they will care how much you know and they'll work hard for you or have that quote unquote blind faith or buy in whatever it is that you want. Mm, yeah, for me, it's this. Anybody that I get a chance to work with, and I believe this across the, the best in the field, they want the same thing that that person wants. They want to be successful. They want to win. They want to lose the weight. They want to be the number one of the show. They want to win the game. You understand, I want the same things you want. I don't want you to go to the show and not perform well. I don't want you to go and show up on Sundays and not do your best and have a Pro Bowl season. What we're after is the same thing you're after. And the sooner that we can build a relationship that's built on, I care for you, I love you, I respect you, then that transfers into, I want to work my tail off for you. I'm going to have that blind faith and you know more than I do. Giddy up, let's go. Yeah. So what what tips do you have or what are your kind of go-tos for creating buy-in? Because it's not, I don't think it's just enough for most coaches to walk up to a player and say, hey, I believe in you, we're going to work hard and that's it. It doesn't stop there. You know, I, I don't know if there's a, a set, hey, this is the secret formula, this is the secret sauce. To me, I you need to be the most genuine version of you. And you can't, if you're not a rah-rah guy, don't be a rah-rah guy. If you're not right. a rah don't be an airport. Whoever you are, you need to go execute who you are. If you try to be someone you're not, at the end of the day, people, no matter what age, race, religion, will see through it. Yeah. The most genuine version of yourself is who you need to be because you're going to see the most genuine version of their self. And it goes back to why I do this. When I'm sick, you're going to see me sick. Mm, yeah. When I sleep for eight, you're going to see me when I sleep for eight. <laughs> when I don't sleep for eight, you're going to see when I don't sleep for eight. Coach, how often do you sleep for eight? Very rarely. Right. <laughs> and you, you're going to see the good and bad. You're going to see the true life of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see the true life of who you are. And yep. I think you can have, honestly, that's probably the best way to put it. And that, the solution to that is sharing that with them. Yeah. You know, I think that, the real me. And I, I think that's, that's a good point because, you know what, you're always going to get the real you, but if you walk in and, you know, name your position on any, on any sport, yeah, uh, it's a little different on the, on the private sector. But when the person walks in, you get a good sense of, of, what their character's like, who knows how long that, that takes, you know, you, you maybe three, six months of getting to know the person, but once they see that you can interact with them on their level, do you think that has an impact on, on the, on their, on their, their buy-in their, um, I like that you said like blind faith because that, that is kind of like that, that kind of is the same thing. Whatever you, after a while, if they, if they buy into your process, your program, your belief system, um, your structure and they understand that you have their, their greatest interest in mind, then they'll, they'll give you like that at one extra rep. No questions. There will be no why after they're like, yeah, yes, sir. Got it done. Check. Um, but what, what's that like to, how, how long does something, how long does something like that take? And like you said, there's no secret sauce, but to getting to know someone to the point to where they are, ready to go 110% for you. What's the long haul? You mean, what, what kind of roadblocks should, uh, should a coach expect? The, the best way, and I, and I guess I'm going to start this with a quote and kind of I'll try to circle back and get, tell you why. 
the best thing I've heard in regards to trust or building equity is that trust and equity are built in drops and lost in buckets. Hmm. Every day you've got to go in and give that person who you are and all of who you are. Some will be more apt to follow you after day two because of just who you are. They connect with you and they feel that you are all in on them. Yeah. Some need more time and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but there may have been instances in their life that have led them to, man, this just, I've done this thing before and there's just a little friction before and I, based on previous experiences, it might take me another minute longer. And for whoever that is, it doesn't matter whether you're a two-day person, a two-week or a two-month. For that coach, the mindset needs to be trust and equity is built in drops. It's got to be an everyday thing when you come in and give them the real you. And I've always, I, I've broken this thing down for me when I've, I talked in recruiting, I talk in the private sector, I talk in life and just when you go to church, when you do anything else. To me, there are two types of people in this world. People that you want to surround yourself with, they have to do these two things, okay? First one is share similar values, morals, beliefs, visions, and goals as you. Do they all have to be identical? No. But if you're a strength coach and someone wants to for improve performance, those are similar goals and similar thought processes for me. Right. The second type of person you want to surround yourself with is someone who brings you to a place you couldn't get to alone, i.e. those coaches, those teachers, those families, those, those people, those teammates, and they help elevate you in your life to a place you could never get to on your own. It goes back to, hey, if you want to go far, go with a team. If you want to go quick, go by yourself. This is about doing it for the long term. This is about doing it for improvement in any way, feel, or shape, or form that you want in any field that you want. If you surround yourself with someone that fits those type two criteria, and i.e., in most of our profession, it's people, the coaches, mm -hmm. you circle back to it. If I really want to be that type of person, to share similar goals, visions, values that that person coming to me has similar, then what do I have to do for them? I've got to give them their all every single day. Yeah. If I do that, they will buy it. It might take two. It might take two. It might take right. whatever it is. If you do it daily, it will always, always work. Right. And that was my point by asking because I think a lot of people, when they, when they hear that, they're probably thinking, oh, my, you know, why is he asking that? Of course, it's going to be different because some coaches, I feel like, will can and might give up on on creating a buy-in if they don't get it right away. And maybe not everybody, but if you're giving your, if you're giving your, your soul to, if you're giving a piece of yourself to X amount of athletes and you've got one guy who you might be on the, the verge of, of that guy just going, or that woman just going, got it coach. I get it. But if you don't chip away at it, you don't chip away at and not expect anything back immediately. Right. Then forget it. It's the uh, it's the picture I see over and over and over again about two gentlemen mining. Yes, across, I was going to bring that up. Across the bottom of a like a almost like a dirt like a big under underground. Two guys yeah, mining. Yeah, tunnel. They're in a tunnel. One guy on top has dug a hole that's almost across the entire screen and stopped and starts turning around about two feet before he finds this big diamond patch. And the guy below is behind him, but his symbol, his symbolism put it, is still digging. 
will continue yeah. to dig until he gets there. And right. that's the it's got to be a continual day in and day out approach for this coach to have that true buy-in, to have that true blind faith that we want. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. As soon as you started describing that in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I wonder if he's ever heard of this. It's hard to explain that on a podcast with, with no video, but it's, yeah. I, it's, I did it justice. I don't know if I did or not. But I'll, I'll, I'll have to find that and just link it. Post it with this. Yes. Uh, yeah, cool. I will I have to find it and link it because it's, it's a really good one because I think it, at the top, I think it's like, it's a young guy who's like almost there, but he gives up. But then there's like an old, an, like an older guy at the bottom, like an, like an elderly man. And he's, he's like just chipping, just chipping, just chipping. And he's, and he's almost there. But um, no, all that's, all that's super valuable. And I, and that goes across the board with everybody. I think if you uh, maybe in particular on the private sector, um, we, we have a tendency to, to go through the motions. And even if, if somebody's constantly questioning the process, if someone's constantly questioning um, why you're doing something, sure. you know, if it's your 14th, 15th appointment of, of the day, you might think to yourself, like, why can you just just do this exercise? Like, do you have to have a reason? It's not about you, though. It's not about you as the coach, as the trainer. It never is. Um, no, it never is. And if you, the moment you think that is the moment that they sense it, and then the rest of your appointments, it, it, it's totally, it can totally change your, your business, totally change your, your effort, totally change the person's workout, their success. And um, one thing I want to circle back to yeah. is, so, so we talked about, um, you know, giving, giving the, the athlete or the, the client, the person, your all. And I think that that goes into even like they're, and you can speak to more of this as, as a strength coach because you're dealing with athletes who have schoolwork also. And I'm sure they come to you like struggling with that. I mean, who doesn't? Like everybody, you know, everybody struggles with something in, in college. So what, what weight does that have um, with creating buy-in also? Things on the outside of the gym. There, there's, there's the controllables and the uncontrollables or in, at least in this world, I like to say, and it's similar to that you have the the work sector or the work bubble and then you have the lifestyle bubble mm -hmm. and i think of it i don't know what the name of the graph is but they overlap so there's going to be a little control that you have into that lifestyle bubble but at this level i can't tell them who to hang out with yeah I can't force them when to go to bed i can't tell them i can give them and educate them just like you could with a private sector client i can tell you hey this is probably what you should be doing. If you go home and have two glasses of wine and this, I, I can't control that element of the lifestyle. But I think it, it, you said it, you said it best when you, you go back to this whole deal. What do you want as a coach? If you're truly invested in that person, there'll be that element of accountability, that there'll be that element of, they care for me so much, I wanna do this for them. And they might only have one glass of wine that night. They might not have any, and they think it's the they think it's the best thing in the world. Right. If it is the best thing in the world to you, and you tell them that, and you feel that, and it's emotionally connected like that, they will continue to elevate or to take those type of action steps to go where you want them to go. Yeah. Don't treat that as oh, like the, hey, you've really done something great. The the lifestyle bubble or the uncontrollables you'll have less say in that overlap. 
So to be really, truly successful, it comes back to what you talked about. you got to really show them that you care for them day in and day out, regardless of what 12, 14, 16 hour day you've had. Right. And treat them as their own entity. And you've got to coach them as who they are as a person. Yep. Yeah. And no matter every, every achievement is always a big achievement, regardless personal in the gym, you know, health related, non-health related, like it all goes hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coach, what's, what's one of the, the best pieces of advice that someone has given you that you can share with, with young coaches? <laughs> right. <laughs> but pick, pick one of your like top 20 good pieces of advice. I'll go back to, and, and, and I don't want to be redundant on this one, but it goes back to the, the two types of people because I, I believe there's an element, whether it's the average of the five people you hang around the most or whatever that, whatever yeah. people say. At the end of the day, if you surround your people that are, are going in a similar direction and are gonna help you get somewhere you couldn't get to by yourself, you're gonna go really far. And it's the idea of you're, you're riding along with them. It's the, the energy bus John Gordon type mindset. Surround yourself with positive people that have similar goals in mind, that have similar visions. So with that mindset of those two, two people analogy, go meet people, go see people, go see the way things are done so that you can educate yourself as a coach. Go see how things are done elsewhere so that, hey, maybe that isn't so good there, or maybe we need to get better here. Maybe yeah. we did a really good job at this, and I didn't like what they did. The more you know, the coin knowledge is power thing. I can keep throwing ideas it's out true. there. It's but true, though. Boiling this thing down, it's surround yourself with those two types of people. People yeah. like you that share similar values, goals, morals, dreams, and visions, and people that bring you to a place you couldn't get to alone. And frankly, more, more often than not, the people that are both of those are a significant other, family, coaches, teammates, and trainers. Yep. Those little five. You know, it, that's funny because um, when people ask me, because the title, you know, the name of this podcast is Fitness Candor. When you think of that, you don't think of strength coaches necessarily. Most people don't, I think. The reason why I, I, I have so many strength coaches on is because of that mindset that, that it takes you to a different level, takes you to a different place. That's why I talk to people outside of just the, the traditional sure. fitness industry. And so because people who listen to this, they can, they can take I mean, everything that you just talked about relates to a private sector client or coach or someone who is – a client of a trainer or someone who is just like a, a fitness enthusiast, all that, all this stuff applies, but it's coming from a different person, a different perspective. So before I let you go, coach, yeah. um, those are great tips. What do you have a, can you recommend like a book or an internet source or maybe something that's on your personal reading list right now that you could recommend just to the listeners in general? Shoot. I mean, I am fascinated with people and people throughout history, and you just said the word, the mindset. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna give, give you two more biography types that are very just, they're gonna be a little out there for a traditional strength coach, right? Here's okay. the first one, it'll be River of Doubt, and it's the biography about Teddy Roosevelt after his two terms in presidency at the beginning of the 1900s. He took a brief break, ended up coming back to try to run for the Republican Party. He split the Republican vote. 
Calvin Coolidge ended up winning as a Democrat as 29th president of the United States. And I don't want to say he was exiled, but the United States was not happy of the transition from Republican to Democrat at the time and the way things transpired by how he split the vote. The story is of how his mindset of who he was and that he went down to South America and went on an expedition to basically plot in a thousand plus mile river. And all the adversity that he had to deal with at that time and the resources or the lack thereof that he had is infinitely phenomenal to me. The second one I'll give you, and I think this is crazy long, so I would recommend getting an audio book. I listened, <laughs> I listened to the first five years of this, but it's The Last Lion, Defender of the Realm is the name of the book. The Last Lion, Defender of the Realm. It is the Chronicles of Winston Churchill from 1940, or, yeah, 1940 to 1965. Now, what intrigues me is the first five years, for anybody listening, that's World War II, and how his mindset of never give up, never surrender. At the time where if he, had, he was the linchpin in 1940 and 1941, for a year and a half, they were the last country yet to fall in Europe. Paris had fallen, all of France had fallen. If he had given up hope or had not been the beacon of positivity in England, in Britain, and London had fallen, there's a chance that there'd be a lot different trajectory of history today. Mm, wow. They held off, and for anybody that's seen the movie Dunkirk, they evacuated over 330,000 soldiers when they thought they were only gonna get about 30. And they were able to stave off German invasion for a year and a half the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Everybody knows the rest of that story. The U.S. got in the war and changed the tide of history. But those first five years I find fascinatingly interesting because of his positivity and because of his overall mindset of how he attacked daily life of that never give up, never surrender. So well, for those non-history people, I just summed it up for you really quickly. But it's the mindset of those two individuals that I frankly love. And I met reference one earlier. The last book I'll give you is John Gordon. It's the energy bus. It's that idea of the positive mindset. All three built around that idea is who you as a person should aim to be. And it's who you as a person should surround yourself with. Awesome. Like awesome. All, all good advice. And I'll link all those to the show notes. So oh, good luck uh, with those. Oh, <laughs> it's got to be on Amazon, right? They have everything. Oh, so no? This is like a three, like the last line, Defender of the Realm, is like a three, almost like Bible-sized thick, like encyclopedia book with like 80 chapters. It's nuts. And that's why I'm saying like for me, I got a, a library card. <laughs> I listened to the first five years. Fascinating. Great history piece. Uh, watched the movie at Dunkirk right afterwards and how they saved all these soldiers and extended the war. Just but it came down to this. He was a leader. He was the coach. He was the head coach. He was a trainer. However you want to view that position in, yeah. in the time. And his mindset through the bombings, through everything else that was transpiring was always positive. So, yeah. so what you're telling me is just wait for the movie. That you might have. Not <laughs> Churchill out. But anyway, I thought that book was just a very interesting movie. That, that's awesome. Hopefully uh, something different than you normally get. That's my... Uh, uh, yeah, all three of those <laughs> were definitely different. That's so... <laughs> Coach, if uh, people have any more questions, comments, concerns, where's the best place to get a hold of you? Okay. My email is gray 
at hws.edu. So that's G-R-A-Y, G-R-A-Y at hws.edu. Um, or you can find me at the, uh, basically, HobartWilliamsmith.edu. And I'll be on all, all over the athletic pages as the uh, head strength and conditioning coach there. Awesome, Coach. A lot of good stuff. And I really appreciate taking the time. Good luck with everything, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform, at Eric Feigl, or email fcp at ericfeigl.com.